Let's get stuck into episode two of the Kids Love Sport podcast. Today's guest is a childhood friend of mine, and I had the privilege of representing New South Wales with him on multiple occasions. An avid sportsman, lover of physical activity, and a hard worker. Our guest today has represented Australia in field hockey and has also been a part of multiple teams across the globe. Having just turned 30, he is still an integral part of the Perth hockey first grade scene and he gives back by umpiring and coaching a couple of different junior teams. Please welcome Matt Willis to the Kids Love Sport podcast. So growing up, hockey was something you were born to do. I mean, your, your dad played, your uncle played, your grandparents. It was just it was just in your blood. So was the early years of hockey, what was it like for you? Uh, I guess, yeah, my, my first memories of hockey are probably being down, down on the old fields down at Riverside yeah. in Tamworth there, running around, uh, watching, as you say, watching dad and watching my uncles and the family uh, play hockey. Um, being around, you know, having hockey sticks pretty easily accessible around the house yeah. as well. Um, sort of a pretty early memory there as well. And then when you get to playing, sort of playing minky from sort of five or six years of age when you started school, was, that's probably, yeah, how my hockey journey started. Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, definitely things have changed in Tamworth from, from the days where you grew up playing on Riverside to now they're all on state-of-the-art synthetic fields. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what was no, that, that's really cool. Yeah, was hockey the first sport you were involved in from memory? Uh, from yeah, from an organised sport perspective, I think yeah. yeah, getting into minky was probably the first actual sort of organised sport that I did. Um, I did, you know, I was always quite active and playing lots of different sports, but from an organised perspective, yeah, hockey was hockey was the first one that I got into. So in the backyard, you and your little brother. Were you playing cricket, basketball, soccer in the backyard as well as a bit of hockey before that minky stage? Or yeah, yeah, pretty much. So with my brother, uh, my cousins as well, we were quite yep. close with. We I can remember some yeah, epic cricket battles, soccer battles, hockey battles. You know, you name it. You know, if there's a ball or a bat or a stick or something involved, we we were giving it a crack. So yeah. Yeah, always out in the backyard, weren't we back then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Spending every, every afternoon just about, you'd, you know, you'd be out there if it wasn't riding your bike or you'd be out there hitting a ball around against the wall or, yeah, with your brother playing handball or cricket or soccer or whatever. Yeah, that's how we, that's that's how we spend our time, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we didn't have technology like, like <laughs> the children do today. Um, so we – this is – Obviously, just a preface for everyone: the the mid nineties, um, <laughs> yeah. saying we're both we're ninety and ninety one born, respectively. Yeah. Um, so, like all that sport in the backyard, obviously hockey was your first organised sport, as you've said. What, did you get into any other organised sports at a similar time or a little bit later? Um, I guess. Well, the other main one was so hockey would be my winter sport, and then we have I'd play cricket in the summer. I get this; that probably didn't start till. Maybe a couple of years later when we, I guess, probably around eight or nine, I think year two or three at school was probably the first year that we started with the organised stuff with cricket. And again, that was, yeah, really good playing with not necessarily the same people that you play hockey with in the winter, but it was, yeah, your schoolmates and, and having a good time. So, yeah, that's, that mm. was sort of where I got started. Yeah, a bit of cricket as well. 
What what do you feel was the the asset of playing both hockey in the winter and then putting the stick down and picking up the cricket bat, playing another, you know, hand-eye coordination sport? What was that for you? Was that an asset? Um, I guess, yeah, probably something that I didn't realise to be an asset until probably I, I, got, I got a bit older where it was, you know, it was that time to refresh and, and get away and do something different, you know, there are transferable skill sets, obviously, between between mm. hockey and cricket, especially with the batting side of things. Uh, but I think, yeah, it's just that that different, uh, how that different um, cues that you're giving your brain and the way you're thinking about using things in different situations uh, is something that I've sort of come to realise as I've got a bit older. I suppose at the yeah. time it was just, you know, oh yeah, we're playing cricket with something different. You know, cricket's on TV. I want to go out and be like you know, Ricky Ponting or whoever was playing at the time, Mark War, probably one of my favourites actually. Um, you mm. know, you want to go out and be like them. And then in the winter it was, oh, yeah, we're playing hockey now and I want to be like, you know, I want to be like Dad or I want to be like whoever I was watching at the time playing hockey. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, that was fun. Um, well, for us, for you and I, we when I moved to Tamworth in year four, you sort of, your dad sort of introduced hockey to me um, which was for me, that was my sport. It, it became, I'd always played cricket, um, but just sort of fell into hockey naturally. Um, but even from my perspective, I, I always loved how we would play um, hockey during the winter and then we'd go off and play cricket. You and I actually played both of those together yeah. for four, yeah. five, six, and year seven and eight. Um, we were pretty inseparable yeah. there for those five years of our sporting life. Yeah. And then we also had a bit of athletics there. Um, well, mainly through school stuff. Yeah. Um, one thing with with what I really look back on and and want to share with everyone is about the mental capacity. So we were playing hockey, and and by the time we were both in year six, we both played for New South Wales. Um, you'd represented a couple of times um, at a Northwest, the regional level. From yeah. it was a year three or year four. It was year, it was, year four. Yeah. Yeah, quite quite young. Um, and then we went on to play New South Wales three years consecutively together, which was which was awesome. But we also still played cricket at that period and didn't start our preseason till sort of February for hockey. That that to me was we had four months at least of no hockey, and to me that felt like we were we were able to turn our brains off for hockey, learn these new skills skills through cricket. And then we actually came back hungrier for our hockey season rather than playing all year round. Was that similar for you? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, and especially, you know, at that age, um, you know, you're talking, you know, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's an age where, you know, there's a lot going on and it's, it's, you know, to say that hockey's going to be my thing immediately, 100% from the time when you're 10 or 11 is is probably a pretty big stretch. Um, mm. uh, so I think, yeah, being able to have the opportunity to do other things and find other things that you're interested in and find other things that you're good at, not not necessarily just being narrowed down, really, yeah, adds that freshness to doing both things. So you used to always be very excited when it got to the start of the cricket season or excited when yeah. it got to the start of the hockey season because you'd, you nearly had an opportunity to miss it, I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point you just brought up. The opportunity to miss sport and, yeah. and miss a certain a certain game that we we play. Yeah. Now, 
you've said that your family obviously very involved with hockey. Um, what was the pressure like? Because your your dad just missed out on playing for Australia. It was just, I think, one of those periods in Australian hockey with Rick Charlesworth and the positioning that your dad sort of just didn't get there. Was that evident in your uh, youth and growing up? Any pressure there? I guess, yeah, when I was growing up, I never really, I never felt that pressure from him. He he mm. was always very supportive of me and my whole family were supportive of me and they they did a lot and I you know I wouldn't have been able to achieve what I have without without their support so um but yeah in terms of feeling pressure and I know there's this is you know a pretty big topic these days around the sporting fields you see it in the newspapers mm. about yep. you know pushy parents and things like that but I think yeah I was quite lucky to have you know a father who was yeah very skilled but also quite a good coach and I was able to yep. learn learn a lot about playing hockey from him uh, mm. so yeah that's that's the well yeah the relationship we had was more of one of about trying to make me the best I can be rather than necessarily pushing his his agenda onto me if that if that makes sense yep. so yeah no yeah. I, and I looking back now I, I wouldn't change it I I really yeah I really enjoyed how, how it went so yeah, yeah. now was uh, like obviously yourself and I and your dad your dad basically taught me how to play hockey um, and I think you and I basically trained together <laughs> that whole of, of primary school and, and early high school until we I moved to Newcastle. Um, so I, I personally credit a lot of my hockey success to your yeah. dad, who is a massive part of the Tenworth Hockey fraternity um, and has, has really supported so many of us through the ranks. Um, yeah, amazing, amazing person for hockey. Other than hockey, growing up, we, we sort of touched on the cricket. What was what would what did you love about playing cricket? If we look at a skill sense, what was your takeaway from uh, from your period of that time? <laughs> uh, I guess I liked batting. I probably yep. wasn't much of a bowler. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked batting. I guess yeah, batting, making runs. I used to hate getting out with a passion, actually. Um, yeah, I remember that, <laughs> which is probably probably not not some of my finest moments. But uh, yeah, used to, yeah, used to enjoy batting. In the end, cricket for me, the fielding probably wore me down, and that was probably one of the reasons why I stopped playing cricket. In the end, was was the whole standing all day in the field when when cricket started did becoming a bit more serious. Around you know when you get sort of 15, 16, 17, you start playing senior cricket and rep cricket a lot. Uh, when you're spending all day in the field, you know, mm. go out and have a bat, get out first ball, and then, <laughs> you know, don't get a bowl or anything. That's probably, yeah, probably sort of, yeah, ruined my enjoyment of cricket a little bit, the, yeah, just standing in the field. But um, what yeah, age really, was that? Oh, what that was getting, yeah, that was probably sort of getting towards, yeah, high school, the end of high school, I think. Yeah, okay. So you were sort of 15, 16. There was other. Facets of life yeah, that were stuff. coming and into, sort of, yeah, yeah, and that sort of that probably coincided with the hockey starting to to really take off, you know, around that 16, 17 year old age group. Yep. So, yeah, it was probably a bit of it more of a natural evolution than anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good line there. The natural evolution of, you know, you've played these sports for for years, um, and then one sort of starting to take over at that that mid, mid to late teens, yeah. which, you know, you are emotionally and physically quite 
ready to specialise. Um, one thing mentally when it comes to cricket, do you feel as though that standing around in the sun and that length of time fielding especially, did any of that correspond across to, to hockey at all as far as the, the mental side of, of sport? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I suppose so. It was more, it was more the, it was probably just more teaching that, you know, that persistence and that, you know, you can't just give up. It's, you know, it's yeah. sometimes things are hard and sometimes things don't go how you like. You know, I think mm. that's one of the good things about cricket. Well, the, the lessons you can learn from cricket is that, you know, if you're out, you're out or, you know, you, you know, if you drop a catch or something happens, you can't just run away and hide and go and, oh, no, that's it, I'm not playing anymore. You have to be able to, be able to stick it out for, a, yeah. uh, for an extended period of time. So I think that's something that, yeah, that's mm. very important that I, that I learned from that. Yeah, because so, yeah. Yeah, different on the hockey field, we tend to, if we miss a goal, we can or miss a tackle, we can chase and, and try and make that tackle up. Whereas <laughs> you drop a catch, who knows if that ball's going to come to you again. Um, yeah. 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 So you had the the wonderful privilege of, of representing our country, um, which was like from a from a somebody that grew up with you and, and played all your early rep stuff together. I was so proud of 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 you to have, have attained that. Tell us about that achievement. When did it happen? How did it happen? What was it? What did it feel like? Yeah, so I guess, well, it's probably, yeah, my proudest achievement is being able to play for the Kookaburras. Uh, yep. Yeah, played, made my debut in 2013 uh, in a series against Korea here in Perth. And I think before that, I'd had a really, I had a really good block of training. I thought, you know, this is really my opportunity. It was after the London Olympics. Um, the squads were sort of being changed up a little bit and I thought this is really my my chance um, and yeah trained really well and yeah the day that so Rick Charlesworth was the coach at that time the day he called me and said Matt you know you, you've been doing really well We've, we're going to pick you for these games I think that's that's a memory that I'll mm. have forever uh, but yeah being able to to put on green and stand out there uh, with the national anthem and all, and all of that in front of, you know, with your family. I was lucky enough to have my family in the stands. Yeah, um, yeah to have them there because obviously they've, as we've said, they've, they've been through a lot of the journey with me. Uh, yeah, that's something that I'll, I'll remember forever, being able to, being able to do that. Uh, and also getting to play with, you know, play and train and be around the guys that are the best, well, the best in the world, a lot of them, at what they do mm. uh, six days a week. So that's... That's something that is really, really cool and really powerful place, a really powerful uh, environment to be around to try and, you know, improve yourself. Mm. It is a lot of hard work and it can, it's not just something that happens easily. Uh, but, yeah, it is, it's yeah, very, been very rewarding for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't come easy. Um, a lot of people probably don't understand that hockey – Yes, you play through our country, um, but it's not a full-time. It's not like the cricketers or, or, or quite a lot of our, our sports, our national teams. You kind of had to move to Perth to sort of get to that next level, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, well, growing up in Tamworth, you know, it was, was really great. You know, the facilities we had and the access to really great coaching gave us a really mm. great foundation. 
but then obviously you finish school and it's like, all right, if I want to take this to the next level, I have to, I have to leave. I have to go. All right. And the first step was to Sydney to be part yep. of the, you know, the New South Wales Institute of Sport and the, and yep. the program down there. Um, so that was, that's, that can be a big step for a lot of people, I think. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, successful there with hockey, our, our national teams are based in Perth. Yeah. So, which, you know, can seem, it seems like a very, very long way for a lot of people. And I know growing up was like Perth. Oh yeah. That's way over the other side. <laughs> that's right. Country, you know, it wasn't somewhere that you go for holidays or anything like that very often. So, so to come over here when you, when I was, I think I was 20 um, and then, you know, have to make a life of it, training, studying, you know, kind of finding your feet away from home. Um, yep. Yeah, is is not easy, and you know that's a lot of, uh, and that's not just just for me that has issues. A lot of our a lot of the players come from the east coast, um, and that's something that that we have to deal with. But I think in the long run, it's actually been of a benefit to the program because it's sort of like it free it breeds that feeling of yep, this is not easy, but we're tough. It's tough, and we're all in it together, and we're going to work towards some, doing something really cool. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned you studied. So when you moved over to Perth in, in 2010, that would have been 2010, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, 10, 11, 11. 11. Oh, yeah, sorry, you turned 20 in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> the January boy. Um, when you moved over, did you con- did you start a, a university or something in, in Sydney or did you actually put that off until you made that move? No, so I started in uh, Sydney, got got the first year of my degree underway in Sydney. And then, yeah, then when the hockey, there was like, okay, you've got the opportunity to move to Perth. Yep. Okay. I'm going to take that opportunity. And then yeah, transferred over to UWA over here in Perth to continue. Yeah. So, yeah. How was that sort of process going from Tamworth down to Sydney, starting uni plus in Swiss, then you're in the, the um, AIS development squad, which, you know, it, that's what it is, but it's not actually called that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then transferring, like there's a lot of cogs in that wheel there over that 18 months or so. That yeah. would have been a tough. Yeah, it was, I guess. It's, yeah. And at that time of your life, there's a lot of, a lot of things happening. You, you know, mm. you're learning to be an adult and survive on your own a little bit. Um, yeah. So there, yeah, definitely were some tough days, tough yeah. days in there. Um, having, you know, you know, you get up, I don't really feel like going to training or I don't really feel like going to uni today, but you know, it's just something, you know, you have to do to tick it off and get through to the next day. So yeah, yeah, that was difficult. But in saying that, while the hockey's, you know, we've touched on it before, we're not like the cricketers or the footy players, or whatever, where there's dollars thrown at you left, right and center. And yeah. it's, it can seem quite easy, but so for the hockey, having the minimal funding, we are still quite lucky to have, you know, a lot of good contacts and good, uh, support from you know careers advisors and academic uh academic pathways and pathway managers and things like that so um and from that perspective you know transferring unis and things like that they they really helped helped on that front so yeah well you just mentioned about like yeah cash is not thrown at hockey players (laughs) (laughs) um even you know you're you're sponsored by griffin um which has been quite a long relationship now for you but even that, like people that watch a cricketer with a sponsorship, they're getting paid to do it. It's yeah. very different in the hockey world, which, you know, you don't have to go into the full details, but 
it's it's just such a different sponsorship is a different thing altogether again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no, I think I've I've been quite lucky. I've been involved, yeah, with Griffin now for a few years. Before that, it was t- with with Taurus as well. Um, who yeah, they've sort of passed by a little bit, but yeah, been superseded by Griffin. So, um, yeah, and really lucky to be looked after those by those companies as I was growing up. Even you know that mm. helped. Well, well, however, it might just be a couple of sticks a year or, or whatever yep. is really, it really is beneficial in helping you to get where you, where you want to go. So yeah, I'm, I'm forever grateful to all those, those, uh, those people for, for helping me out along the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, you guys, a lot of people don't realize that we do break hockey sticks, <laughs> <laughs> even though they're these super lightweight carbon fiber Kevlar mix yeah. products, they do break. Yeah. Um, and so getting a couple of sticks a year saves you a little bit of money that you can actually live with <laughs> then, um, which is, which is great. Um, so with, with hockey, obviously still rewarding, um, you at currently you're, you're over in Perth, you play for Melville hockey club, um, didn't quite win it over the last couple of years, but you just had some, a couple of good seasons, didn't you? Yeah, just we have things together. Yeah, we have. We've got a yeah, a really reasonably good group um, that's been together now for a few years. Uh, I want to say young group, but I'm not really young. I can't really class myself as young anymore. Uh, hey, you're not thirty yet, like me. Not yet, no. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's it's really good. The the competition here in Perth is quite is quite a, quite a nice competition. Uh, you know, obviously with all the having all the national players over here, which actually they get drafted around, so. Each team you play, there's 12 teams. Each team you play each week has, you know, two or three of the Kookaburras playing, playing in their team. So, that, well, they yeah, actually that, sent that out. Sorry, yeah. They actually have to, because I've always wondered that how, like, for you guys, you've got Lockie Sharp. Yep. In yours, um, and uh, Andrew, we got Andrew Charter, and Charter as well. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you know, you've got two or three there. I didn't realize that they actually consciously made that decision to sort of share them around, which is really good for hockey in general, isn't it? Rather than having oh, a stacked. Yeah, <laughs> stacked exactly. Team. That's great. Well, that's, that's how I, that's how I came to be at Melville. So when I, yep. in, back in 2011, when I, when I came to Perth, got, uh, yeah, got drafted to Melville and then, then have stayed on there uh, ever yeah. since. So, so they've been, they've also been really great. Uh, the club is a great sort of family atmosphere um, and yeah, we've developed some really good local junior players that that are really starting to contribute now, which is which is really good. Yeah. So, have you been involved much with the juniors um, since you've been there? Yeah. So yeah, co- coaching is something that I'm I'm well doing a lot more of now than I than I was a few years back. But I'm really yeah really something I'm keen to explore and yeah have been working with sort of the you know under fifteen under eighteen age groups uh, at Melville, sort of helping them you know, develop their skills and, and sharing my knowledge with them so that then, you know, they can transition into the senior part of the club and, and really yeah. help us to be successful. So, yeah. So dealing with um, and coaching with under-15s, I know we that, that that's a very tricky age group. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a very decisive period of especially boys' lives. Um, what, what are your boys like? Are they, are they still playing a bit of cricket? Have they got other interests and then hockey's a thing that binds it all together or have you got a couple that are just all out hockey players a couple that just 
that's just they love they've always played it they love it yeah i guess oh, a mix a mix of pretty much of what all you've said there i yep. think <laughs> um yeah we have being at you know perth perth's quite a large city now so you know there's there's guys that have you know there's a lot of demands on their time whether it be schoolwork or or you know other sports coming in especially well this year we've had you know with the change in the seasons being pushed out a bit longer the crossover yeah. between sports yep. that sort of thing so yeah there's 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 a mix of guys who do other stuff they you know they they do enjoy their hockey the most most of the ones are most of the ones i coach so that's good uh but yeah yeah as as you noted they they all find their niche somewhere and and have other stuff that they are involved in and i think as a coach being able to be flip, like being able to be flexible and allow them to do this uh, do other stuff knowing that you know yeah you have to have a bit of commitment to hockey if that's what you want to do or whatnot but if you if you can do other stuff and you know there's opportunities for you to progress yourself as a person then that's then that's great too mm. i mean with hockey it's a it's such a it's a it's a different sort of sport as far as the the social aspect. Um, I, I I see uh, from from a lot of different sports and and I think around our hockey clubs around the nation where where there's a great culture within them um, and it's a, a really nurturing. Most clubs have a junior and a senior, so there's a lot of that you know lifelong blood in clubs. Mm. As well as that nurturing stage from people like yourself that are now giving back to the juniors and still playing in the seniors. Is that the same over in Perth as, as what we grew up with here in Tamworth? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and yes, yeah, it is. So yeah, when we grew up was sort of making, yeah, playing junior hockey, making the transition to senior hockey, you're playing with guys, you know, 70 years old, they're, you know, <laughs> and they're, they're teaching how to play the game, essentially. Mm. Um, while it's a little bit different over here in the city, the in Perth, they the kids don't tend to play seniors until they're sort of a bit older. But yep. I think the fact that hockey is a great sport that you can have people around the club who are you know they're still seventy years or older playing hockey. Yep. You got so you've got grandparents raging through to the minky kids at five or six years of old years of age. So I think that's yeah, yeah that's something that hockey's really has really done very well is really it's really cool part of hockey for me yeah yeah well it's definitely been I, I remember from our childhood we used to play uh, for Tamworth Public School um, on a Saturday morning uh, as juniors and I was talking to my parents the other day about why, why that was um, and so apparently we were associated with workies um, the, the school was and so it was actually a little bit frowned upon for us to go to play for other clubs because they wanted us to more mateship rather than the the hockey side of it. Um, and I and Dad mentioned to me that it was actually your dad, Richard, who who said, "No, I don't want the boys to split up. They've got such a good friendship off the field." And you know, we had like a couple of us that that went on to play for New South Wales in Year Six down to people that just loved playing hockey skills weren't quite there but they as a team we were just a brilliant team um, and I think that statement when dad told me that that was the reason why we all stayed together for those three years and then when we got to year seven 
we had to choose to play for a club. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really quite amazing because I don't. My memory of that three years was a very tight, tight group, whether it was at school or at hockey. And then I do believe half of our hockey team played cricket in the summer <laughs> together, um, which we we just had such a chemistry, and we went on to win the the primary schools state titles in year six for us, which, yeah, I look back and I go, wow, that was probably due to, you know, especially your dad's influence there of even though our, our dads were Tudor boys, we were playing for another club as juniors and then the pathway when we hit year seven was going to our, our clubs that we wanted to. You know, did, was that a, did you, did you realise that or is I, I may have had a little little idea, but I think yeah, yeah I regardless at, at that age, I think it's very important that we that we all played together. It wasn't necessary it didn't matter what club we played for. We could have played, you know, any sport, whatever club yeah. it was, it wouldn't have mattered. I think as long you spoke about that friendship, I think the friendship and that fr- that we derive a lot from the, you know, school but also the, the team sport. Um is what what drove that more so than you know, oh we're playing for this club or that club or you play for this yeah. club or that club or whatever. I think that's that's something that yeah was very important at that time for us especially. Um, yeah. And yeah, we were very lucky. It did it worked out that we were able to be quite successful. So yeah, that was yeah. that was that was really good. But we, my first game in in men's here in Tamworth, I think I was twelve. From memory, you were just 13, was it? Yeah. Or were yeah, we both? I probably would have yeah. been, yeah, 12, just 13. Just after me. Year, would have been, year, yeah, year seven probably, yeah. something like that. Yeah. 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 And and so we were able to play men's or third grade here and, and we were playing with somebody yeah. like Dougie Truman who, Dougie must be late 70s now. Probably or, still, still playing, is he? Still yeah. playing, still yeah. Playing still gets out of yeah. training. Yeah. Um, but that was... That was an experience in itself, wasn't it? Like you, you touched on that before about hockey is a sport where it's generational. Um, mm. Somebody like Dougie Truman, who has played Masters for Australia for 30 years, maybe 20 years, yeah. <laughs> um, as long as we've been alive, essentially. But somebody like that, that we got to play with as little kids in the men's comp was just invaluable, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Playing with and also well, like playing against big grown men essentially mm. when you're when you're twelve thirteen is uh can be you know daunting but also it's very rewarding and yeah I know that's that's where you you're at a stage where you know you're really learning learning a lot and it probably wouldn't matter what sport it was it would be mm. you know if it was hockey you, you know starting out playing cricket in grade cricket or or, or any like soccer whatever um. Yeah, I think, and that's something I know. Growing up in Tamworth, that in the country, it was something that's really, really valuable. And I think you see a you see a lot of athletes mm. who have come from the country because they've had that they've had that grounding because they've been playing against the bigger kids or the the adults from from a bit of an earlier age. So, mm. yeah, I think that that's very valuable. Do you feel that was a, a, a skill developer or more the mental game awareness? developer is there do you think there's a difference in those uh, or do you think it all was intertwined no i think it's probably it's probably all intertwined you get you know the mental and sort of game awareness type of things about going you know can i go on to, you know 
for hockey you know, can i go and tackle or can i just run around this guy if i go here if i go there but also mm. yeah the skill it forces you to really sort of redline your skills a bit more rather yeah. than you know oh yeah i'm playing against the same 12 year old kid that i know you know i can do this and i'm gonna work out it's okay that doesn't work against these guys i need to really start start trying to find new ways or or improve myself so, yeah yeah well so you've come from downtown tamworth small country town what are we i don't know how many people we are these days but something about a hundred thousand coming soon uh, <laughs> yeah that's it um you've moved to sydney you've gone over to perth represented australia now you actually have had a very great opportunity of going overseas with your hockey um for a couple of contracts yeah yeah so i, I yeah have been very lucky to to pick up a few a few different country uh, contracts in in a number of countries so yeah. i guess the first one i got was a, a hockey india league contract uh, which, for those yeah, who don't know, it's a bit like the like the IPL, the cricket. Mm. Uh, they they for probably three or four years they did a, a hockey equivalent. Uh, obviously, the the dollars weren't quite as significant as the Pat Cummins gets three million to bowl four <laughs> overs. Uh, but um, yeah, so that that was sort of my first experience uh, playing uh, playing in a different competition overseas, which was was really cool. But but even even though it didn't have the money per se the love from the indians was unreal from from we caught up a few years ago after that experience and you said how they were just sitting on the grandstands and it was just uh, it, it was like the ipl yeah but without the money the love of the game and and the, the professionalism was all there just again the money wasn't <laughs> yeah oh in terms of hockey the money was was brilliant um, yeah was go from getting you know not much to oh wow you can earn, there was guys earning you know the top guys in the world you Jamie Dwyer's and that are earning you know hundred thousand US so that's for hockey terms mm. that's that's amazing it's massive so <laughs> that's like that's like you know Ren Cristiano Ronaldo type money for hockey so. yeah. um but yeah yeah to be able to see the culture in India um you know these people who you know pretty much have nothing. But they'll come out and they cheer and they just are so passionate about their hockey or you know the way they support cricket. But yeah, the hockey when we were there especially was was really cool. Um, yeah, I guess we were yeah a bit unlucky that we didn't really get to experience the 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 real India. We were a bit sort of sheltered in our hotels yep. sometimes, but it was yeah really that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've also had a, a similar deal in Malaysia, which was which was also quite good. Um, probably not not quite the money or the crowds and things in India, but was that was also quite nice. And then yeah, the last last couple of years I've been been in the Netherlands uh, playing over there, which which has been probably one of the one of the best experiences of my life. So, yeah. And so I personally, being having lived in Indonesia and and knowing quite a few of the guys that actually put the Malaysian comp together. It was such a good competition for a country where hockey is loved, but it's still not really massive. Did you find you had a lot of do? Did you get to do any coaching while you were there or clinics um, at all? Not so, not so much in Malaysia. No, yeah. not so much in Malaysia. It was it was mainly yeah. You play. Um, it was, it was, we were able to get out and do a lot more, being in K, based in KL, which is yeah. which is quite a nice city, but. Yeah, no, it was mainly 
you get in, you play. The team we played for was very much, uh, we had, I think we had over half the national team in our team. Uh, <laughs> the guy was, he was bankrolling the team quite, quite, uh, quite handsomely. So he, he sort of expected us to, to come in and perform, give our best and perform. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Must be a, a weird environment having come from, you know, the pathway of going in and playing for Australia and then being paid to play for what was it, eight weeks or something that tournament. Yeah. And yeah. like just bang, bang, bang. It's, you, you don't have much room for error. How was no. that? Like, how does that work? Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it is completely different. I guess it's not, it's not completely different in the fact that, you know, we have AHLs or whatever it's hot. I think it's yep. called hockey one now or, Yep. The AHL um, or the national championships, just while they're only a couple of weeks, it's, you know, you need to prepare well and do the best, do the right things to be able to perform your best over that two-week period or six weeks or however long. So yeah. I think, you know, while it is different, you know, the skills that, that you learn growing up and as you progress through the, through the pathways, it, um, they, do, they do come in handy. And with what you've just said there, with hockey, a lot of the skills you learnt when you were four, five, six, you still use today, don't you? Yeah. Oh, exactly. The basic, it's, it's the, <laughs> the most, just, you know, yeah, it's cool to be able to do the cool things, but if you can't do the uh, the basic and easy things well, you, you're not going to get far. So yeah. and that's something. That focus, focus on fundamentals. Yeah. If you don't have those, then you can't do these, like, We've got all these three D hockey skills now in, and it's and it's quite quite amazing what people can do. But if you don't have those fundamentals, it's a bit hard to put everything together, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's you know that's also from just a general movement perspective. I think being able to being able to move well and be able to run or be able to run sideways and change direction and things like that are other other you know things that I would consider to be you know a basic skill. Mm hockey as well so that that probably gets in my opinion probably gets a bit neglected sometimes when people are you know want to do the actual hands-on skill things it's the actual movement type stuff that can also can also benefit greatly i think mm. well at an elite level i know at a at a junior level we we really don't focus enough on on the body movement and the movement patterns mm. to play the sport or just physical abilities in general at the elite level, what's the percentage there? Because in juniors and growing up, it's probably still seventy-five percent on the with the stick and twenty-five percent without it. Is it the same at an elite level, or you have a bit more fifty-fifty there? Uh, oh, I, w- I would say it's it's definitely not fifty-fifty. It's still yep. it's still a lot more skewed to the you know the actual playing of hockey yep. type stuff. Um, oh, oh, maybe 65, 35, probably. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. If we're getting, spe- if we're getting specific there. Yep. Yeah, it's a tough one to think about, but yeah. it's definitely something that is recognized and is not just, it's not just given, you know, a flipping, oh, you need to go to the gym or you need to go for a run. It's, yeah. you know, it is something that's, that's definitely come, come, along, come a long way probably f- since, you know, in the last 20 years. You know, talk, hearing stories of what elite athletes used to do in the past compared to now with the advances in you know science and strength and conditioning and and all of that. So yeah, I'd say it's definitely becoming a bigger part. 
um, whether it's it's probably it might not get to ever 50 50 but yeah yeah it's definitely become a bigger part yeah and so while you were over over in the Netherlands uh, you got to play with um, another Tamworth boy Sam yep. Lyles um, and you also got to do some coaching um, of, a, of a junior team over there what how, how'd that go <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah it was great so yeah the first year I spent with Sam was really good but yeah so part of the deal often when you sign a contract to go over there will include you know you taking on a certain amount of trainings per week okay. for the club yep. so um, it's not necessarily about you know you're coaching one team it's you know you might do a four or five hour block one evening oh, and, and then you get three, four or five different teams come through for now hmm. um, <laughs> obviously the interesting thing with the Netherlands is they speak Dutch <laughs> <laughs> so it's luckily they a lot of them there'll be at least one kid in there that will understand English which is good so you can get a bit of a translator there but yep. a lot of it is about demonstrating and showing given the language mm-hmm. barrier a little bit so just saying you know watch me and you go through the exercise and they go oh okay and then they do it yep. uh, the yeah, the interesting thing I found over there that was really different to the way it's done here is about how the coaching and the training was set up. So the person who was the coach of the team wasn't the person who trained the team during the week. So they have a special trainer who oh. is a the trainer is a specialist position kind of, which is what we the role we would fill. You know, we would yep. take the training and train the kids so that the uh, coach or the manager, the coach, could take could take the team on the weekend and would do the tactics and okay uh, what sort of age group was that uh, that that was, was went all throughout the juniors oh, really some yep. sometimes there would be overlap like sometimes the trainer would be the coach um, with some of the higher the top teams but with most of the other teams in the sort of the sub elite level would be yeah trainer and coach as separate. So we're talking 16, 17, 18 there with that summer uh, late? Or? Talking all the way like from from 10 through oh, to right. 16, 18, yeah. So the 10-year-olds have got quite a competitive aspect to their competition already, is it? Or um for the for the uh for the top team, so the first team. So at, at the first club that we were at in the Netherlands was quite a big club for juniors. It was yep. it was a really there's a lot of families in the area. It was sort of just outside Amsterdam, so a bit more of a, um, yeah, family dynamic there, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, and so you, they would have eight, up to eight teams in each division. So what, four, oh, wow. like 10, 12, 14, 16 years, age, years old, and they would have up to eight teams in each, all playing hockey, eight teams in each uh, age group. So Wow, that's, that's a yeah. lot of players and a lot of, different like you're being graded essentially like we would think of in in men's competitions and women's competitions in australia where we get graded into our grades that's happening at a junior level over there from 10 and 11 yeah yeah pretty much so yeah from 10 11 they're getting they're getting graded and playing not to say that the kids can't go from being in the you know they might be in the second team one year to being in the first team the the following year or or vice versa or or stuff like that, that, that happens. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they are. And that is that competitive nature of it, I suppose, um, that is brought out by just the, the sheer number, I think, the sheer number mm. of 
of people and the need, yeah, it's not necessarily for them about playing with their friend. Like for us in the in the country town where it was just where you played with your friends yep. and whoever else wanted to play and that was your team. There was only one team and that was your team. Yep. For them, it's their school friends might be in the fourth team, but they might be in the first team or, you know. Yeah, so right. So it's a little bit different in that way. Yeah. Very different dynamic, I imagine, for those kids. Like for us in that 10, 11, 12 age group, we just were having fun with our mates, even yeah. though we, we trained really hard and, and we, were, we wanted to play hockey, we still wanted to have fun. Was the fun similar, like was the aspect of fun still there in that first, second grade teams of those juniors? Uh, yeah, yes. It, well, there was still an aspect of enjoyment about it. Yep. But I think, it, yeah, at the end of the day, it was, especially at the, at the club we were at, uh, yep. it was about performance. It was about, you know, we, yeah, want, wow. to be, we want to be the best and we want to, want to play I play in the the national the highest national competition. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, and obviously in the Netherlands, hockey is hockey is the number one sport, isn't it? Uh, well, it's, it? Prob- it's it it'll be so foot soccer, football. Oh, soccer. Yeah. Would be number one, but it's it sort of feels probably like you. I don't know if you say you know Aussie rules and cricket are probably the big ones in Australia. Mm-hmm. It probably feels like a like a rugby or a rugby league. Okay, so it's still a a few down. Yeah, so there's probably a lot of people play hockey. Yep. But again, it doesn't get the profile. It's more, it's the family sport. It's the sport you play and you socialize and you have fun. There is the elite level aspect to it. Yep. But like, again, you see, you still see the things we spoke about before, like the whole family playing hockey. You still see that over there, which is nice, which is really cool, but it doesn't have the, you know, financial clout and whatnot of the, of the, of the soccer over there. So, yeah, yeah, okay, that's amazing that even over there, the the camaraderie and the, the family aspect of of the sport is is just as rich as here, really. Yeah. Just in a different sense of competition, um, but yeah, they they're definitely the love of the game and the family aspect is there, which is which is quite amazing. Yeah, yeah. so. That's that's been some amazing insights there, and and thanks so much for your time today, Matt. It's been really really amazing, and I hope everyone listening or watching takes a few pointers from from what Matt's had to say today, because he's he's somebody that's come from a small country town and has played for Australia, gone over overseas on multiple contracts, representing Australia as as a person um, in a new culture, coaching juniors. And, and just taking it all in. Now, my final question. I've got a question for everyone that's on the podcast is going to have the exact same question. Yeah. Um, because as everyone knows, I work with zero to 12-year-olds and the like and love of sport means a different thing to everyone. So my question to you to finish off with, Matt, is do you like or love sport and why? And why? Okay. Uh, I guess I love sport. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, and that's probably a pretty easy one for me. I guess I've been able to been lucky enough to make sport my life up to this point, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's yeah, that's not something I don't think I would have been able to do if I didn't 
if I didn't love it. Yep. Um, and I think just the fact that it's not just hockey, it's anything. I love watching sport. I love, you know, seeing sport be played. Anyway, if I'm walking down to the park and someone's, you know, they're, they're kicking a footy around or something, you know, you, you go, oh, yeah, he's kicked that pretty well. Or, you, yep. you know, you just it just piques your interest. So I think, yeah, I'm definitely a sports nut. Yeah, I love sport. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, after this, you're going off to play some eight-a-side cricket, five ball overs, last yeah. man standing style. So, you know, and, and you said earlier before we started that you'd been for a, a cycle yesterday. So it's not just hockey for you. It's you are you're involved in multiple different sports, even to this day that you you love and, and have a great passion for. So thanks so much for, for joining me today, Matt. And have fun out in the sun over there in Perth. Fantastic episode two of the Kids Love Sport podcast. Thanks to Matt Willis. Now, Matt brought up some great points there. And and one point that I really loved was miss sport. We need to miss a lot of things in our life for a little period to make us love them more. And it goes the same for sport. Also... Finding things you are good at and enjoy will help you be more excited. Second point, persistence. Being persistent and not giving up straight away will help you build better skills for that sport and across your whole physical activity abilities. Point three, fundamental and foundation skills. It doesn't matter what sport you play, every sport requires you to have the fundamental movement skills and a strong foundation of basic skills. Not only, like Matt said, with a hockey stick, but just how to move the body properly. And the final point, friendships and mateship through sport trump winning and progression. I loved how Matt was talking about how mateship and friendship are the backbone of sport. And the more togetherness and the stronger friendship and mateship you have in your team, the better your team will be and the better they'll progress compared to a team where they aren't sinking as a unit, as friends. Thank you for joining me for episode two of the Kids Love Sport podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode, episode three. Thanks for joining us. Have a great fortnight of sport and physical activity.